0: In this episode of Full Stack Radio, me and Jack talk about accessible focus styles, the new headless UI library we just released, the new Tailwind Labs YouTube channel, some ideas for this concept of Tailwind presets, some progress on the great static bug fixathon of 2020, uh, we talk about what Tailwind Lite could be, uh, we talk a little bit about a secret Tailwind project, and we also get really excited about a bunch of ideas we would love to do but probably never will. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 148. <laughs> Adam Wethen, how's it going? Knock knock, who's there? Uh, it's me,
1: cause I had to click on the knock knock button.
0: That was a terrible was a knock joke. knock joke. That was a that good was joke. That was <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh god. Um, anyways, all right. So I guess we should just like get right into it here. I got. I see we got. Um,
1: I think we're already in so it. So what right? is this the Isn't radical design
0: normally- tips episode? You're fully prepared with all your design tips.
1: I I was thinking that would be next week, cause I. I'm just joking. Yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah um oops that's up i'm gonna go i'm down. totally down for that though i think that's yeah a great, i think that would be fun i like uh i like having like a topical episode even though it's not like an interview show anymore it's kind of fun yeah to do that. that's well, I mean, we, 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 a while.
1: there's a lot of overlap in what we do
0: and what our listeners are doing right so mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that i need to learn how to sit with good posture like as soon as i sit in my chair dude i'm immediately like and then by, like, the end of the call, literally Tailbone is, like, on the edge of the plastic on the Herman Miller feet
1: are up $1,300 on the desk.
0: chair. And it's just, yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at by 4 p.m. every day. Just like, That's
0: like me by, like, 8.30 in the morning.
1: <laughs> it's like this. And when I'm looking at GitHub issues to close and work on, it's like, if I can't tackle it with my feet up on the desk at 4 p.m., like, I'm I'm not taking it. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Let's see if I can maintain this posture for the whole podcast. Seems like Okay. Better. You should get a
1: backless chair. You should sit on a hard stool, like one of those like cowboy things. Speaking of
0: hard stool, uh I don't have a follow up <sighs> to that and just <sighs> yeah. I can re- I can empathize with hard stool. Um yeah. I've anyways. been we've all been there. We've all been there. So, we got a list of stuff here. So, I'll, how about I just I'm just going to try and start it and uh I'm just, just going to I'm just, just trying to try and be the hero. Do okay? it. Okay. Do it. You ruined it. <laughs> We've, been do- We've been doing it the whole time. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is All right. Awesome. We're just- <laughs> All right. So last time we talked, uh, you were talking a bit about how um, you're sort of dealing with a bunch of bugs that people were complaining about in the old Statomic issues. And I guess not even so much the bugs, but more like, oh, I'm trying to get people excited with new features. And then some people who wanted old features improved kind of felt like they were being ignored and trying to sort of balance all that stuff out. So did uh, did you come up with any magic silver bullet solutions to your GitHub management woes since our last conversation?
1: Uh, magic bullets, no, but we have actually made a lot of progress and it did two things. Okay. Uh, the first was, and I, I think we touched on it a little bit, we set up a GitHub group called Helpers. And okay. so we bought like a couple of seats. There's four or five guys, uh, four or five developers who are now helpers on our GitHub repo, and they have a uh, triage access. Mm. So that lets them uh, set like labels, actually close issues, whereas before only we could close them. So they've been able to go through, clear out dupes, do a lot of kind of uh, just cleanup and pruning. And that's helped quite a bit. And the other thing we did is just work extra hard because that's something you can do sometimes. And in the last, since we talked last, I think we closed over 115 Mm -hmm. GitHub issues.
0: Wow, that's pretty solid.
1: It's pretty good. We were like at 330 or something Mm -hmm. before. Now we're down to like 250 range because you know new ones get opened. But uh, nice, made a lot of progress, closed a lot of stuff, did some big uh, bug fix patch updates, and. I think I mean everyone's pretty stoked about it. We, it, it. we feel like we've got some momentum again. Maybe we were just kind of dragging and feeling a little bit burnt out. And weird that just fixing bugs for a week or so actually made us feel more excited. Mm-hmm. At least helped made me yeah. f- made me feel a little bit more excited. Uh, so that's good. That's yeah. kind of that's like the 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 update. I think we're we're able to not let off the gas on that because you're never going to stop fixing bugs, right? Yeah. Uh, but actually allow us to. You know, work on a couple of other things that aren't bugs.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah. That kind of feels like when you just like have this big list of stuff to do, chores, yeah. and you just like don't do any of them because like the list is so overwhelming. But if you actually yes. just start, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this is uh I'm making progress and it's like energizing me and making me feel good about everything. And Exactly. And I a, know it's such a repetitive, we, easy trap to like just fall into. It's so easy to forget that like just taking action sometimes is all that's needed to like fix yeah. your own mental state about the whole problem
1: and you've been there we've been there before a hundred times like i mm-hmm. think everybody knows and has been in a similar situation yeah and literally just getting started and like just does it just makes a huge difference momentum momentum driven
0: development yeah mdd nice. that's important that's good cool man well that's good anything else uh going on well, there was we had a
1: lot of family stuff going on over the last weekend, mm. like through a like an impromptu not really impromptu, but uh like wedding reception for my brother who now okay. lives in Florida nice uh, so we got married in New York a couple of weeks ago, and because of covid and travel restrictions, no one was able to be there for mm. it, like nobody in the extended family so thats a bummer. Florida's a little bit more open, and you know we've all been doing what we're supposed to do, and so we were able to actually have like a family uh, reunion style reception, and it was nice. Yeah, it was supposed to be on a catamaran cruise, and there was a giant hurricane off the coast, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> which put ten foot sea swells into the ocean, which mean the oh, cruise, even though it was sunny, you could not, could not even dream of going out on the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with five hours notice, we uh, we slammed together. A pretty a pretty sweet uh wedding reception party at our house. Got it catered and I think it was pretty cool. It was good. That's awesome.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice to happy. With
1: how it, I, it I, as the best man, I felt like I had to do something. And yeah. Uh, well so done. McD yeah. well done. Thank you. So that's that's literally all I've been doing since we talked last. Uh well, since last episode is fixing bugs and uh that.
0: That's good. <laughs> Fam- family yeah. stuff. Yeah. Nice. Good. Well, that's progress. How about you, Adam? What's new Um, with you? A bunch of stuff. Um, Yeah, so in very recent news, like we just released the super early V0.0.0.0.1 of the uh, Headless UI stuff today that we kind of talked about in the last episode. So uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about like naming decisions and branding and domain umbrella and companies and yep. blah blah blah. So we uh we opted for the old headlessui.dev was kind of the best domain we could get unfortunately, but I think it's still pretty good. I think like for a, for a dev library thing, that's pretty good. Agreed. Um gave it a brand, made a logo, uh, and just slapped a little Tailwind Labs logo at the very bottom in the footer sort of thing, which I think is good. I think we've been sort of decided that... Um, I don't know this for sure, but right now we're thinking about kind of like making this Tailwind Labs entity more uh, like recognized, you know? Instead of just mm-hmm. like Tailwind CSS, Tailwind CSS, Tailwind CSS, kind of want to slowly build some reputation around like the company name. Um, just because it... Uh, Tailwind CSS doesn't really carry over to everything that we ever do, right? Whereas that right. sort of can. So I look at like other companies that I have a lot of respect for, like ThoughtBot, you know, in terms of like developer-focused companies that sort of built a brand around like education and creating awesome yeah. free tools and stuff. And I think, well, yeah, you know, it would be cool if like people looked at our name with the same sort of, oh, wow, those guys know what they're doing. Um, sort Dude, everything of mentality. Tailwind
1: Labs puts out is like, fantastic or useful hopefully or yeah exactly i mean that's the hope yeah. that's 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 the impression mm-hmm. you want to put out there
0: yeah so yeah and in that same vein we launched a youtube channel yesterday so simon who uh works for us uh, we kind of came up with this idea a few weeks ago to because he's like re, he loves making content and stuff he's done lots of egghead courses and stuff like that and um we were trying to figure out what's like a good way to sort of Leverage that superpower in like our company, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you know what? Like, I did that Tailwind course last year that I never finished, that everyone asked me to finish all the time. And I still want to finish one day or redo probably since so much stuff in Tailwind has changed. But I thought, there's all this new stuff in Tailwind that's just not captured in video format. Like, we added CSS grid support, we added transitions, transforms, animations, like, so mm-hmm. much stuff has been added this year. And, um, I thought it would be really cool going forward if we were able to put out, like, little video release notes for each version, you know? Like, here's, like, three or four tiny screencasts for, like, the features that came out. And that's the sort of thing where it's, like, if it's just me doing it, like, th- that's going to get nixed every single time because it's just, like... Which is I, where I'm at with I gotta static. Do like, I want to do it.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, have... The, it I you just can't. can't.
0: find the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. But with Simon on the team, I thought, hmm, maybe we can do that now. So I thought, let's, like, go into the archives and just catch up on it so Mm -hmm. we put together this like what's new in tailwind css sort of series and um he went back to like tailwind 1.2 and picked out all the kind of highlights and made little videos for everything so he put together like a 12 video series that covers like grid transitions animations color opacity gradients purge css all this cool stuff that got built into tailwind since then made little videos for all of it and um we published that like series yesterday and we made a tailwind labs youtube channel stuck a big banner up there and told people about it and and uh at first i didn't really think too much of it like we were actually originally planning to see if we could like post them on egghead because we Mm -hmm. just thought "Eh, let's just post them somewhere where people are already looking for content but then ultimately decided to just put it on youtube because then we have a little bit more control over it in the sense that like we don't have to like wait for other people to approve things or we don't have to like, uh, make, you know, there's things like providing transcripts and stuff like that, that would be great to do, but it's just like a little bit more burden on us before we can get things out there. You know, they have Mm -hmm. like a very rigid format, right. Which is good and works for them. But, um, if there's other content we ever want to make that doesn't fit on egghead, then it seems like you're going to get split and fracture. It's going to get split. So might as well Mm -hmm. just, just, just go Go for it just go for it so started that um that's been like awesome lots of good feedback on that so far and uh Simon has a bunch of ideas for other cool stuff there that I'm excited about so he uh me and him chatted this morning and he wants to start doing almost like a video podcast on there like every week or two where he basically does like a episode with a guest from the community on a on a topic and it's just like how do you use tailwind with uh with svelte or something you know yeah and let's just do it and you teach me how to do it and we'll spend 30 minutes on a live stream and then he might go and like chop out the beginning and end and tighten it up a little bit and post like a 20 minute version of it on the youtube channel after the stream is done and we'll have just sort of like the weekly tailwind show you know um i like it which will be kind of cool so yeah i'm excited about that i I think like youtube is a super powerful place to have a presence but i've never really Done it like I've I post crap on YouTube and live stream to YouTube and whatever, but I've never like I take Twitter as a platform like pretty seriously in terms of like right how we can use it to benefit the business, but haven't really done that for YouTube ever. So pretty excited to see uh, what happens with that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I just subscribed, so you know I'll keep oh, I'll keep nice. up. I mean, I, it's, odds are. I'm not gonna learn anything because I know I know all of you know it, everything about every everything.
0: all of it <laughs> our 1400 subscribers since yesterday which is yeah pretty dude, good that's I think. pretty
1: that's pretty good honestly that's really
0: good it's mm-hmm. really good yeah um, so that's cool so I'm excited about that um, other than that I don't know like what we did um, we've been doing a lot of like design work figuring out a bunch of strategic stuff um, but yeah one thing that I was working on that you kind of had on our little list of notes here that'd be kind of interesting to get into, is um, something that I have been looking into more is just accessibility stuff in general. So this is a minefield of a topic. So (laughs) I'm trying to an absolute carefully. Um, But the gist of it is like a couple things. One is um, the thing that came up the other day is I was working uh, with this guy, uh, David Lure, who's a guy who's like doing some contract work with us right now helping us bang out some more Tailwind UI components and he's like an accessibility guy. Like that's his thing. Mm-hmm. And he was uh I don't remember his exact role, but he he was working at Dockyard, which is like another sort of well-known used to be Rails agency then kind of became like a Elixir and uh, Oh yeah, yeah. and um Ember kind of agency and his yeah. role there is like as far as I know was like he was like the HTML guy, you know? Like um just you want to know like if you should use an h2 or an h3 like he's got your answer (laughs) like he just is this this an aside or a section yeah uh, yeah yeah, exactly exactly. like he's he's like mr semantic that stuff is like deeply built into his brain so for for working on something like Tailwind UI, it's really nice to be able to just like remove any doubt that we're doing things right with that stuff because i think that's a super um it's a skill that Like, none of us have, really. Like, it sounds so easy, like, write HTML. But, like, actually, to, like, do it super good, I don't know. That's, like, pretty rare, It's different than make it work, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's much
1: different having gone through some of that with building a CMS that's trying to hit some accessibility stuff. It's like, even though you thought you knew what you were doing, it turns out you were pretty far off sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, it's taken to the next level whenever you are building – Stuff that other people are going to use to build stuff. It feels like your, like, Mm responsibility is increased so much higher, right? Like, Statomic, I'm sure, is the same way. You're generating stuff for people, and, you know, if they're just doing it themselves and they do a a bad job on accessibility, then, okay, it was their decision. But people almost care more about accessibility when, when... It's like, if someone wasn't going to make their dropdown accessible... Anyways, um, but then you're the reason that they can't. They get <laughs> yes. really angry, even if they weren't right. going to do it. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Um, well, now I can't, so now it's on you, and
0: it's your fault. And at least I knew yes. if, if if I owned the whole stack that I could have fixed it one day, but now I can't or whatever. Um, so yeah, but something like Tailwind UI. If, you know, people are copying our HTML stuff to build their sites. We have to be able to feel. Yeah, you gotta it it got to get as close. It's got to be can. as good as it can, right? Yeah. So it's been yeah. awesome having him working with us. So something that came up when me and him were chatting the other day, which this like r- made me rage because I, don't I have know, a feeling just, I know what this is. Yeah, it was basically um, I learned from him that using box shadows for custom focus styles is like technically an insufficient solution. So mm-hmm. this is obscure, but, and it's not even that obscure because apparently a lot of people use this, but windows has this high contrast mode. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. But you enable it on the operating system and basically everything goes like black and all the text goes yellow and everything's super high contrast and everything that's like sort of g- f- glittery and flashy is gone. So one mm-hmm. of the things it does is it automatically stops the browser from rendering box shadows, period. Shadows are just, just removed. Just
1: gone. Just nowhere.
0: They're just – it. that mode sort of interprets those as like decorative and not as something that could ever be used mm. in any useful way. All, but people use box shadows for focus styles all the time, right? So anyways, right. And if you're using a box shadow for a focus style and someone enables Windows high contrast mode, now they can't navigate your site with a keyboard because your focus styles are just invisible to them. Because, you know, you do your outline none thing. Now, yeah, they're, you're mm-hmm. just, they're just screwed. So I, I learned that. And I was like, it's like one of those things where, like, you're working. You try so hard to make everything as good as you can, as accessible as you can, to follow all the guidelines. But it feels it's like as soon as you feel like you've kind of got it figured out and you know exactly what you need to do, you discover something new that's this obscure piece of knowledge that barely anyone knows about that just basically says, sorry, you're still not doing a good enough job. And it's just like it just grates on you. You know what I mean? Like to have like eventually it's just like what do you do? You just flip the table and just like go do something else instead of programming websites because it's like I'm never going to be able to like – make something work so how anyways it feels. yeah so i looked into it and tried to figure out like how like what you're supposed to do the only real there's a couple solutions right so at first i suspected the only solution was you had to either do something with a media query to like detect that mode and make sure that you were showing a special focus style for those people and that can sort of be done but the browser support is kind of weird and um it's just kind of is weird another mm-hmm. option is like Instead of using a box shadow, using like a pseudo element with a border that's like absolutely positioned around the button and giving Mm -hmm. those the styles you need. But you can't really do like you can do like a like a traditional focus shadow where because for focus, you're not really doing like a blur, right? You're usually just doing a solid shadow with like an opacity or something. So if you can do it with a border, you're good. Um, but that was just like felt so heavy-handed every single focusable element on my whole website i need to use like a relative position on with an absolute positioned like focus target that Mm -hmm. follows it around it was just like oh my god you you get to this point where it's like the effort that's required to do it right just feels like you it almost feels like you're doing something wrong because of how much work there's no way you
1: can maintain it and keep it you you know at some point it's going to break it's a brittle solution yeah Yeah, and
0: it, it just feels like I'm I'm coloring so far outside of like the default lines of like web development at this point. Like I'm I have to like reinvent these things completely from scratch. It just feels like uh it, it just for something used,
1: that should be fundamental. It feels it uncomfortable. Feels, yeah. yeah. Been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally believe like through all this that this whole focus handling stuff, it should be like just a browser level thing. It should just be if you absolutely need focus styles to be like visible and this isn't the best solution either because like you don't want to rely on people having to go and enable this setting or whatever but there should be a way for the browser to just say nope if an element is focused i'm going to show a two pixel pink ring around it period i don't care what your css says you know what right. i mean like that's like it could be it, a user
1: preference like if you're colorblind you can't see a certain color set up whatever you want it's on mm-hmm. the but it's on the browser
0: yeah and now like yes. every website is going to work for you no matter what you don't have to like you don't have to just to hope that the person developing the Pizza Hut website knows about this um, yeah. issue. You know what I mean? Because that like that's an unscalable solution. There's no way to just like that you can just – you have to make doing the right thing easy somehow, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that should
1: apply to the, some of the other accessibility standards too, like uh, links, A, like anchor links, A-tags. Mm-hmm. That uh, that aren't styled obviously like that that don't have an underline. You should have a setting like if, if underlines is important. You should automatically underline them all. I shouldn't have to add that to my you know style sheet because sometimes an anchor tag should not have an underline for whatever yeah. reason. Uh-huh. It's, uh huh. And buttons. Uh,
0: yeah. It's hell. So it's tough. Anyways, the solution that I found out about eventually, which is quite clever, mm-hmm. is um, the outline property. Uh, that high contrast mode one thing it does right is it basically ignores your colors it uses its own colors so black and yellow and whatever it's just like eye bleedingly like everything's super clear and distinct so even for outlines it it will ignore whatever color you set on an outline and it'll use its own high contrast color for it so the best trick that i've found that is great because it works perfectly and it's so simple is instead of um setting like outline none, you Mm -hmm, set like mm -hmm. outline transparent. And so now if you set like a two pixel solid outline, but you make it transparent, people who aren't using high contrast mode will never see it. And it'll be as if there's no outline, but someone in high contrast mode who sees your box shadow disappear, will see that high contrast outline instead. So one Mm -hmm. thing we're I'm trying to do for tailwind is I'm going to take like the outline none class that we have. And instead of literally making it like outline colon zero, which is what it is now, I think I'm going to make it like outline two pixels dotted transparent or something Mm -hmm. so that um, visually it's the exact same for everyone who's using it. But now like anyone who's been relying on that plus box shadows, their sites will automatically now not be inaccessible to people using high contrast mode. So I was pretty happy to discover that there was like a trick that we could solve yeah. like from within Tailwind essentially, or that didn't involve having to add like a new high contrast mode variant where you'd have to generate <laughs> another 9,000 classes for all the colors so that someone could say in high contrast mode, show right. a pink outline or whatever. Cause it was just like, uh... so anyways, pretty, uh, pretty I've pleased just, about that. I've just updated my uh, Statomic outline helper and uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm, nice. Okay, yeah, The only tricky thing is deciding what the default outline there should look like because like Chrome looks one way, Safari looks one way, Firefox looks one way. Um, yeah. I mean, what what we do is
1: we do the box shadow thing, but also add a one pixel uh, light blue uh, border. Mm-hmm. So you have, uh, it's like a, a blue border and then a really soft like blue ring that goes around the outside of it. So it's like yeah. a nicer version of the default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that looks really nice. But yeah. uh, if, if without the box shadow, I'm not sure how good it would look. So I have to play around with that. You just
0: test it in high contrast mode. <laughs> I yeah. downloaded that like Windows virtual machine, you know, like the testing one that they let you download and yeah. um, to try it out. And I don't know if like I tried. I spent like 25 minutes trying to find this preference in VirtualBox, but I couldn't. <laughs> um, it does not. It, it treats my display as if it's not Retina, so it's like 6,000 pixels across. The mm. VM, the biggest it'll go is like 1,100 pixels, Okay. which at Retina, that would be like a third of my monitor, which is like, I can work with that, but it only reads real pixels, so it renders it like a sixth of my display <laughs> size, and the text <laughs> that's supposed to be like 16 pixels is eight pixels, and what's supposed to be a one-pixel border is a half-pixel border, so so it feels like you're playing a browser emulator. Oh my god, basically. it's ridiculous. Yeah. I yeah. I couldn't do anything with it. Like I couldn't make any sensible decisions about um what i was doing I, sh- I wish i maybe i'll include a picture in the show notes but i took a picture with like my hand for scale so you could see like all of windows is like the size of my thumbnail you know I mean? it's like <laughs>
1: oh man um, it's like oh does it also play doom right have you seen yeah like, yeah do you uh, see like, the, is, like you like, can play doom you...
0: on like a pregnancy test i saw that yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and they what's uh what's panic's new like hand cranking little thing oh, that play date thing the play date they just got Doom to run on that i saw that today um <sighs> That's so cool The the thing about the the playing doom on a pregnancy test, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then I looked into it. It's not they they hollowed it out and they installed like a micro like LED screen on it. Uh,
0: And so it wasn't like a stock. I was like, how how did they do that? I know, like that's uh, like the most advanced pregnancy test I've ever seen. Like nobody needs that many pixels on a pregnancy test. A little bit of a cheat. A little bit of a cheat. All right. That's still fine. I saw like and that's like a thing, right? Like just like running Will Doom run on Doom? things, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, it's like this.
1: It also do, can you
0: play? Can
1: you sell uh, Skyrim for it? Yeah, are they going to
0: port Skyrim to it? Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I should. I bet you there's a website out there that's just like crazy ways and places people have got Doom to run. That'd be absolutely. Cool on like, that like note, running. remember I recommended that Masters of Doom book. I mean, yes, you, have, you should read that because there's a lot of interesting stuff in there about like all the crazy stuff John Carmack had to do to even, like, get Doom to even work. Like, all the algorithms he had to invent to, like, efficiently, like, be able to do, like, 3D and stuff. Super interesting. Because it's, um, like, not even actually 3D. Like the no, it's, like, they had to figure like out faked. all these, like, fake ways to, like, be more efficient. Like, there's this big story in there about how he they built, like, a Mario clone. I can't remember what console or what computer they were building it on at the time. But no one thought it would be possible and they figured out like just ways to like reuse these tiles so that they didn't have to redraw them because they couldn't redraw them fast enough and by the end they had like a super mario clone that was like identical that running on hardware that seemed impossible to do it and that's like that was like how they kind of got their first gigs like making games and stuff when they kind of proved like it's so yeah cool. it's such a cool story anyways the, um, like the
1: the early early tech is just so freaking fascinating because yeah. nobody had done any i feel like we've, we've all done a lot of this stuff already we've done mm-hmm. it we're just trying to do it better or different or for like a specific niche and it's just a little it's just a little bit less fun than it could be yeah or maybe a lot maybe a lot less fun Depending.
0: On what yeah you're doing. i gotta believe like that's like having those like performance constraints is just like a whole fun challenge to just deal with you know what I mean it's just like yeah, yeah that's either fun, fun
1: or like or like cocaine habit like inducing right yeah. it's like one it's like one way or the other it seems like everyone's story they like became they elevated to the challenge yeah or they died like like wrestlers <laughs> like,
0: like wrestlers yeah. yep well that's our segue I guess <laughs> um, I figured I'd give it a try <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh I mean all I really I want to say that's so funny is like I don't know if people have noticed this but on you know we talked about that 90s WWE account and how great it is! We decided to make that the only account that we follow on the, t- the Full Stack Radio Twitter account. So follows me, Jack, and Nineties WWE, and the guy who runs it he, actually DM'd us and was like, "Hey, thanks so much for the shout out of the podcast." And to me, this was like so incredible he's because I'm he's such listening a fan. right now because we're gonna mention it again. <laughs> it's so he's like, good. "I like it." So we have this. It's so good. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's into web development or anything. But oh, uh, no. we, maybe we should
1: should we have him on the show? Would that be a fun guest? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> like. Dude, you got 450,000 followers on Twitter. Tell us how you did yeah, it. Yeah, it could be like, good.
0: Yeah, something. exactly. I mean, we know how he did it, man. That bright part yeah. and that white denim. Like, that's, that's how he did it. The, um, the
1: Canadian white. Oh, man, yeah. that photo is the best. Yeah. That's it. I think he had six followers before he posted that, and then it was immediately 410,000.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, uh, I mean, on the topic of um, the topic of programming... We we can't go too long here. We are going to wrap up kind of soon, but you know, there's a couple other cool things that we could kind of talk about. Um, I posted a blog post last week. Just was struck with the, uh, you know, the inspiration to finally write a blog post, which I do like once or twice a year now, <laughs> pretty much. And I did a post on how we use CSS variables in Tailwind to like create, to kind of let you do control like one property using multiple classes is basically the gist of it at the end of the day like um did we talk about like that font variant numeric stuff we did yeah, yeah. last episode so it, it how... was kind of like yeah covering all that stuff and all the cool tricks so i would recommend checking that out if you're interested in it probably not more i could go into there um but i don't know yeah there any other specific stuff that uh you're kind of itching to chat about i got a couple other things i can get into but i feel like i should give you the chance to you know, maybe
1: maybe next episode will be my chance to really jump in yeah, and, and drive some conversation. I'm this has been a crazy week for me. Yeah. Between the bug fixathon and the family
0: marathon mm-hmm. or whatever. Um I'm just gonna chime in with the color. Just go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well here's like one topic we can talk about for ten minutes or something, maybe. I had this idea for like Tailwind Two, which is um I don't know how what I want to call it, but I'm thinking of it kind of like presets for tailwind or like some sort of like being able to basically specify your tailwind starting point more easily. So like the config just like always extends the default by default, right? You're you're talking I, right in my, my yeah. wheelhouse. Keep yeah. going. So I think it would be cool if there was a way to say extend this as the default instead. Or mm-hmm. literally extend nothing. Like, you know, be empty. Wipe it. Or mm-hmm. um And then it feels like we could maybe offer, like, some different presets or something. I don't know if we would offer them as built-in or people could just publish them as whatever. Like, you can already just, like, import your own config that you've made in another file and extend it there, you know? Because it's JavaScript. Yeah, it's just JavaScript, right? So you can do anything you want. But the thing that's sort of motivating this for me is um, Tailwind, from a file size perspective, is, like, pretty outrageous. Like, it continues to grow with every new feature. Mm-hmm. And, um, so like purge CSS is totally a requirement, uh, but personally, I don't think there's anything that we can really just like remove, uh, cause we added nope. it cause we needed it. So, and I'm happy to use purge CSS. So I, I'm not going to try and optimize for people who don't need purge CSS or don't, who, who refuse to use it because You've again, gone this build, far. you have to build the framework for yourself. That's the only way that you're going to be able to make the right decisions about things. Right. Yeah. But there is like some situations where I feel like guilty about the size of it, which is mostly when I'm making like little code pen demos and stuff Mm -hmm. where um, I'm like, okay, you have to download four megs of CSS on your phone for this code pen thing, which just kind of feels like a jerky move. Now, one solution to that is, maybe I'll spill the beans on this little secret project. We're working on like a Tailwind Playground, like a Tailwind REPL, like a code pen (sighs) thing that's Tailwind specific. Um, and the nice thing about that is the CSS is compiled in your browser. So when someone goes there, they don't have to download our big CSS file. Their browser will just build the CSS file. Now, that nice. probably still is not a good thing for low-performance phones to, like, make them run post-CSS in the browser and stuff. But um, it saves on some on some kilobytes. But either way, I think it would be valuable to have, like, something on a CDN mm-hmm. that was smaller And I'm trying to think of like what that should be. So maybe we can brainstorm on that a little bit. So I kinda wanna Hmm. have some way where you can do like unpackage.com slash tailwind slash disk slash tailwind light dot CSS. Sure. Get something that's like five hundred kilobytes or less before compression. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess even Tailwind compressed is still pretty small though. So maybe I don't need to care about this that much. But I'm trying to figure out what to cut there. So for Tailwind 2, first of all, we're gonna even just for the default build, we're gonna cut out some colors. Because we're adding all these new colors, yeah. Um we want to like reduce the amount that are just turned on by default and instead like increase the amount that are available like to pick and choose from. Mm-hmm. So right now we have like, you know red orange yellow green blue indigo purple pink and gray Mm -hmm. um i think we're going to cut it down to just like red i think amber which is like this a color we've done that's between orange and yellow which is kind of like a nice warning color warning color we'll probably still call it yellow but it'll it'll probably be our amber probably pick one green even though we have three designed now one blue i think we're going to cut out indigo which feels kind of interesting because tailwind UI is all indigo by default hey um
1: just defend that space you know
0: don't yeah no
1: one else can use it yeah uh
0: purple we're going to keep a purple and a pink so we're going to cut out like a a couple of colors i think maybe two or three total which will bring the file size down a little bit actually um but i'm trying to think like for like a tailwind light on a cdn where are the good places to cut? Like, should we cut like a breakpoint? Like, cut the XL breakpoint out entirely? It's like, yeah. there's like Done. 300 like kilobytes quarter, chopped
1: right? off, right? I think that's an easy one because you're already going to be dealing with a, a subsection of the screen, regardless.
0: Especially if you're just using for it for code use. pen demos and stuff. Like, I feel like right. that 1280 breakpoint—that's you don't really need that. 1024 yeah. is probably plenty, right? Yep. Um, so I'm thinking that. And then I'm also thinking the only other place that like makes a big impact is colors. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to cut the colors, I guess. Does it seem more useful to you if it was just like gray and then like some primary color, like say it was like purple, gray and the full set of grays, the full set of purples, like that's all you get you could have
1: a bunch of uh CDN options where you you just pick your, pick your primary color. You could have like gray and purple, gray and gray and blue, gray and orange.
0: Yeah, like tailwind purple.min.css, tailwind, purple. tailwind blue, yeah. tailwind. Cuz I feel like for most demos you don't actually need like multiple colors.
1: No, you just you, you might need a hover state or like you're making a like a button or something and you want to give it a yeah. pop, but you're not usually doing whole thing and if you're not usually doing like red and
0: blue in like the same demo you know picking one but yeah so there's that version of it there's also like what if we cut it down to like maybe we do like red yellow uh green and blue or something four colors and we chop it's like instead of like 50 100 300 300, 400 whatever you just get like 100 300 500 700 900 or something sure Sure. That's like another way that we could cut it, but then I worry that like could button go, focus styles or hover styles, you're gonna have to jump two, and it's gonna be like really dramatic. Or
1: you you could go old school with it and just do blue,
0: blue lighter, blue darker, and so you have three. Mm, yeah. Right. So you, like you pick instead basically of making, blue, making like bigger gaps, we make do like maybe three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, essentially. Sort yeah. Of thing. And you
1: put the center one, you just do lighter, and then darker underneath it.
0: I don't think I would want to change the names.
1: Yeah, it's like less copy and pasteable, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But if
0: it's just like a subset of some kind, I think that'd be cool. The other option is to do like some Tailwind CDN thing, which is something we've talked about in the past where like you can go and there's like a Tailwind config in a text area and you can kind of do whatever you want with it and then say, give me a link. And it yeah, just has like, some
1: query strings, stuff. Yeah,
0: and it would just be – the link would, like, contain the config base64 encoded or something. So it's, like, not even in a database anywhere. It's just, like, you send it back to our server. We'll blah, 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 process it and send it back. And it'll just be – since it's an immutable, like, config string, right. we can cache it for a year. Forever. Right. And, yeah. yeah, anytime
1: someone needs that particular set again, it'll either exist or you'll generate a new one.
0: Yeah. So that's another – but that's not, like, as quick as just, like – no, a that's a that's light version,
1: a much bigger project. You're not just chopping mm-hmm. it down and then throwing a file somewhere.
0: Hmm. So Tailwind Light, like, I guess the question is, what are the real use cases for a Tailwind Light? Is it is it just for making demos on things with CDNs? Do you think there's people who are going to want to build real websites with Tailwind Light? I don't think so.
1: I think it's it's literally for uh, for like demo and teaching purposes, right? You want to do a a screencast, you want to grab a CDN, or you want to grab yeah, you know, something really i mean if you if you need to do anything bigger you should just grab the whole thing
0: i think the other thing it might help with which i don't know if this matters that much but um it helps with sort of like the onboarding story for like people who are going to just be like put off by the file size we can kind of say well like there's the full version which you shouldn't use from a cdn and like if you need to pull something down from a cdn here's our kind of like light Mm -hmm. version which is better in production the full version is going to be smaller than the light version is on the CDN even, but right. Yeah. I don't know. So that's something I'm kind of thinking about. And then I'm also trying to figure out what the, uh, API would be in the config file. Like say you actually want it to be able to say, like you're working on a new project and, uh, we want like some first class API instead of doing it, the just JavaScript way you want to like build a new static property and you want to Mm -hmm. just pull in the static config is like your base config but still be able to extend it and do like all the other tailwind stuff on top of it Mm -hmm. um you'd be kind of reinventing the wheel if you did that with just javascript but if you're well actually not even there's apis that exist in tailwind that make that pretty easy already there's like this resolve config function you can import where if if your config is just like module.exports equals resolve config and you pass an array of config objects it'll flatten Hmm. that all out for you Okay. Um, so I guess you could already do it that way. Hmm. So maybe that's, that's interesting. fine. I don't know. Because the API I had in my head was like, what if the Tailwind config file had like a preset key? And that could either be like a node module, like something you require, like an object, sure. or it could be like a string if it's like the Tailwind light one. But I guess even that, you could just like require Tailwind CSS slash light or something. And, uh, true. Yeah. And that could be like the starting point.
1: Well, I I mean I like that. It's I feel like that's something I've been hoping you guys would add uh, so that other people actually really not no just me. I don't want anyone else to do it. Just <laughs> me can <laughs> release radical UI, and I'll have my own like crazy variant of Tailwind that plays nice. Yeah. Um,
0: you yeah. Know. You know what? I'm surprised people haven't already done this. In a sense, like it's already totally. Someone could already totally create a resource that's like Tailwind configs, you know, and yeah. it's like here's like a bunch of different crazy Tailwind configs that do different styles. And maybe Joseph should cut this out so that nobody steals <laughs> this idea, or maybe I should like buy some <laughs> domains right now or something Quick. so no one steals it. Everyone we'll listen to us like, um, one hover. but yeah, you can already totally do that, right? Like, you config files are portable, and you could like basically kind of promote them as little Tailwind themes. And I, I yeah. guess I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been like any Open source stuff like that happening. We're gonna do some stuff like that, but um, yeah, yeah. It's I I would have thought that people would have like started doing that. I but.
1: started it like uh, back in Tailwind uh, like dot twelve. I had like a half of thing built, and then Tailwind one was coming, and then we were working on Stedamic three. Yeah, mm-hmm. just never got to it. It's one of those things. Like, do I focus on the thing I own that I make money on, or do I build up? A free resource for so you another have community forever. that i don't yeah. have any ownership on at all like i yeah. guess that's a hard like,
0: decision <laughs>
1: I, I was doing especially early on i was doing so much tailwind uh evangelizing because i just i loved i fell in love with it so hard i was like damn you know how, when you have an idea and you see someone launch somebody and you're like i wish i wish i did that i wish i was involved in that i wish
0: yeah dude there's know, nothing more it, frustrating than having like this backlog of ideas and just picking through them in, like, order of priority. But for someone else, that same idea is, like, higher on their priority list. And they just, yeah. like, do it before you. It's just, like, yep. so, like, ah. Uh, uh, yep. And now if you do it, you just look like you, like, stole their idea, even though, like, you had the idea way before they did. And it happens. We've all been there probably. That's been, like, um, a related problem we've been dealing with that maybe we can chat about on the next one. But just, like, we're in a spot now where it's, like, now that's a real company with employees and like more products and stuff. I we have to like sort of defend the brand more, mm-hmm. which before we didn't really I always kind of carried, but didn't really do much about it. Like someone released Tailwind This, Tailwind That, you know, whatever. Yeah. But now yeah. it's like I have to be this jerk who goes Send and messages people. yeah, I haven't done it as a full-on season to des- haven't had to do it that way yet, but I have had to like DM people here and there and be like, hey, you know, we have to protect our trademark and you know we have to be really careful about letting people do stuff that could be misinterpreted as being official or affiliated with us in any way because like we've already gotten customer support emails from people who buy something from someone else that's supposed to like integrate with Tailwind UI even though Tailwind UI has no integration path you know like <laughs> they build like some web it's scraping also CSS yeah yeah, yeah. right um so like there's tools where people can like drag Tailwind UI components into builders and stuff. And oh, people sure, have built sure. it by just like building like web scraping tools that can like look into an iframe and find where like the Tailwind UI component is. And they're not like doing anything where people are like stealing or reselling the components or anything like that. But it's like an unauthorized integration where if we change the markup on the website for some reason, it's going to break this for people oh and, yeah and if you don't we want to do build that, that
1: stuff I, yeah
0: i don't i don't like that people do that because now we get customer support things it's like hey my told you i builder stopped working what the fuck blah 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 blah. and it's like what told you i builder i don't know anything about that you know so yeah we have to like really make sure that no one is f- feeling like they're getting something that's like officially supported when it's not um so that's been like a Sort of yeah, a stressful let's, business. Let's take owner like problem a to deal with, 30
1: seconds to do like an official PSA on this yeah. for, their, for people's own good and for the good of your and my and whoever's company who owns the thing. All right. Here we go. If you're thinking about building a company or a product that piggybacks off someone else's in a way that is completely brittle, don't do it because you're going to hate yourself. Yeah. That.
0: Right? Don't do that. Don't, yeah. do that.
1: don't do that. Don't do that. If someone can make one pivot and blow your product away, make it completely irrelevant,
0: maybe you shouldn't build it. Yeah. Yep. The yep. more you know. Especially for something that's not like a supported public API or anything like that. Definitely. Yeah. And also don't name your stuff in a way that people can misinterpret as belonging to something else. Because in my opinion, it's better to even forgetting like the side of the person who originally owns those names even from your own side, it's better to like come up with a name for your product that you can represent and own in its entirety and have total control over it. You know, like we had to, I put together a little brand page for the tailwind docs mm-hmm. that has like our logo and stuff. And also has like just a couple paragraphs on like, Hey, don't name things like this, blah, 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 blah. So I put together like a couple recommendations, like don't make like tailwind themes, Dot .com cuz we'll tell you to stop <laughs> you know make yeah, like yeah. utility themes for Temo and CSS or like yes you know um not only is it better for for them well i mean it's better for them for like and that
1: you won't get their hand slapped they won't yeah. have to waste money on domains especially if they're buying some more premium ones and it gives them room to pivot if they did if they you know either get a lot of traction mm-hmm. and want to do them themes and totally whatever other totally. themes 100 then what are you gonna like you've already used up all your brand mojo like piggybacking off another company yeah, so yeah totally 100 so
0: much more optionality and it's just like yeah just like have some confidence in like your own um branding and ability to build a reputation you don't want to be just like chain linked to something you know if tailwind yeah. just like dies a horrible death because some other cool thing comes out and you want to do something for that it's pretty it's better if you can just add a feature to your existing tool instead of feeling like oh my whole tool is dead so anyways yeah kind of a an annoying legally businessy problem to deal with which is my most hated crap to deal with ever but uh absolutely i don't know i wish there was like a service i could just pay like monthly where i could just send them a link (laughs) to something and know that they're going to like in a very kind and empathetic way handle it uh mm. without me ever having to handle it these I are the sorts gonna, of businesses yeah. people should be starting by the way like uh i don't know it's it's this is a whole conversation for another day but there's so many business ideas that are seem so good that come out of nowhere like when you already run a business i would never yeah. think that like someone should start like a business
1: like empathetic smackdowns.com like yeah, yeah like
0: i exactly like a kind trademark protection uh uh productized service you know that's charged on like a recurring basis i would 100 percent pay for that um yeah. so yeah, yeah. because
1: because that's different than having a good attorney because an attorney it's is going to take that like you might need one like they, and yeah. they'll have a go-to right but there's a difference between getting a cease and desist and a Hey man, so I love what you
0: did, but because you don't want to send someone a cease and desist either. Because here's the thing: a lot of these things are like tools created by like people in the community that are huge fans of like the work that you do, and um, you yeah. you are stoked that they're doing that stuff. But at the same time, you have to be careful. Like a little story for you: you know, uh, you know mark ripito you know the name mark ripito
1: I, do you yeah the uh, the the bodybuilder no the, like the starting
0: strength guy like starting the, strength uh, guy the, yeah i've yeah. got the
1: book on my shelf yes
0: used to be in the crossfit scene back in the day and then kind of like escaped and did his own thing but super yes. well known like strength coach guy so i was like huge on like the starting strength forums back in the day and Not i it. built a tool like a laravel app for all the people on the forum to sort of track their prs for all the different lifts and it was like a leaderboard yeah, And I built that and I like put the starting strength logo on there and used all the colors. Cause I wanted it to feel like, yeah, we built this like thing for the forum and it's like, it's the starting strength like leaderboard it's for whatever, us right? and by us. Yeah right? yeah. right. And, um, Mark Ruperto, uh, DM'd me and he was like, Hey, uh, I got to talk to you about this thing that you're doing. Like what's your phone number? So I messaged him back my phone number and he called me and we had like had a 30 minute conversation and he was like super apologetic and kind. It was like, you know, the way these things work is, like, if we don't tell you to, like, change the colors and change, like, the the logo font, then if someone else does the same thing and we really do think that one's a problem, they can say, well, they didn't make Adam change it, so we don't have to change it now either. Like, that's how trademark protection laws work, right? You have to right. defend it consistently or um, you yep. lose, like, the protection. But I, like, I'll never forget that, like um conversation really because like it was just like this dude who's like a hero of mine like could have just like sent the lawyers on my ass but right. he literally calls me on the phone and just like talks to me personally like super nice kind guy and like that's the way that i want to deal with that's these situations you, you know absolutely um so yeah i've I've had
1: to yeah. do some of my own what you wouldn't think anyone would want to try to use anything that sounds like statomic because we struggle <laughs> such a weird name in the first place but I've sent DMs, letters, emails to stomatic, statomatic, stomatatatic. I'm not even kidding. Stamatatic. Stamatatatic. It was like, what are you portmanteauing the entire English language into one <laughs> word? Unbelievable. Like, you, for your own good, please, trust me, Statamic is the simplest version of these two words pushed together. You're not going to survive. You're not going to make it.
0: Um, <laughs> Statamatamic. <laughs> Oh, it, was, it
1: was bad. So yeah, it's. Uh, I've also been on the receiving end. Back when I was doing Expression Engine add-ons, I had. Uh, I had got contacted by Stripe early on because I had an add-on called Striper, which mm-hmm. was a Stripe integration. Like you can't, you can't call it that, man. You can't, you can't use our word in it. It's like, but the logo's a bass, you know, like a like a striper, like a striped bass, and they are like. Yeah, you can't do that. And I had I spent like a thousand bucks, which was like an enormous amount of money back then for me, and on the logo, and I had to I had to just burn That's it down. A bummer. That's just, that one sucked. Uh, also, with with Statamic, we had an add on back in V one days. V one, yeah, it was V one called Raven, mm-hmm. and we got sued by a company called Raven Tools, and I ignored it, and they went away. I was like the first I like just like totally. I said this is not the same. This is Raven forms. Yours is Raven tools. It's not the same thing.
0: Go away. And they actually did. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, it's a tricky thing, right? Like, yeah, I, the, if you're in a different space and there's no chance of like people confusing one thing for another right then it's fine and it's not even like oh well people can't confuse me for you so haha i'm gonna keep using your name it's like no like if if someone literally can't confuse like you for me then i just don't even care like it's fine like right i'll cheer you on you know what i mean like as long as we're like clearly um distinguished sort of entities like tailwind plumbing go for it you know sure like, <laughs> uh, good luck <laughs> and, like, Fine. there's tailwind airlines their logo is even almost the same as ours which is like the craziest coincidence ever like they use the same <laughs> right. color uh, i that i don't know that was the that was the most mind-blowing discovery of my life that there's airplanes that look like their tailwind css airplanes <laughs> oh, but uh i kind of hope they go out of business so we can buy one one day that's like my dream <laughs> is to own like the tailwind plane and, wow uh, you've got
1: big goals man i mean you're well on your way which is great
0: hey again if they go totally out of business and like we grow enough that we can spend every dime in the bank on a on a 10 million dollar plane or whatever yeah and then it's kind of awesome don't have this any life money goes. and we can't do anything and i don't know how much a plane goes probably more than that but we can just depends like depends on how broken it is there was a company uh i can't remember their name i wish i could find it they were in like Boston or something, and they were like a development agency, and their office was a boat, just like a, a permanently docked boat. Yeah. And so everyone would come to the boat and work on the boat every day. And um, kind of cool. Yeah. So we could be like the the plane, the plane. office. I mean, like, it would
1: it would be on brand for you because there's a certain connotation.
0: Yeah, and we with could like maybe we fly it to like Belgium and like we we work in Robin's hometown for a while. And then there we fly go. to Sydney and we work in Simon's hometown. And then we fly to London and work with Brad, and then back to Canada. And I love this plan. Yeah,
1: just this the is a tail great plan. And plane. I, I think the Statomic, the company would be like a hollowed out CRT TV, and yeah. we'd all be trying to like fit inside really it. It'd be a big, big one. One of the one of the big TV. old like boxes. You know, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: <laughs> That'd be cool. I saw Justin Jackson posted a thing today, a joke about how he thinks software companies are going to start something like boxed software again. And uh, he was just making a joke because he thought it was funny. But I saw it and I was like, I feel like Jack McDade has either already done this or would definitely done do it. it.
1: <laughs> already did it. So I, when Statamic one came out, we had, uh, it was, and this was a goal of mine, which is, this is a really dumb goal, but this is this is where my brain was at the time. And it, you'll you'll know, this is me. This is a Jack move. The entire package was 1.42 megabytes mm. for a reason. And what's the reason?
0: So that fits on a floppy disk.
1: Which is how big?
0: 1.44, isn't it? Yep,
1: yeah. exactly. So we, we I spray painted some uh, floppy disks gold, like a, like they were like Legend of Zelda. And we I have a copy of Statomic 1.0 on a floppy disk. Yeah. And we're like, we're doing a giveaway. And yeah, it was fun. But uh, that's because we- awesome. I worked really. Th- there was no composer. There was no, like, no dependencies back in like 2012. It was all, you know, just code inside. What was that? What was that framework? That little micro PHP framework, Slim. Slim, Slim. And like all of the all of the code for the entire CMS was inside. Well, most of it was inside a single routes file, like a yeah. you know 20,000 line write, routes file. And uh, there's like Asana still uses it. <laughs> they're still running static awesome. one they like, still
0: got the floppy like in their yeah, mainframe they frame. spent
1: 99 bucks in 2013 I haven't made a single dollar from them since uh, and it still runs like a huge
0: you know Silicon Valley yeah last I checked that's awesome. anyway. Yeah. I love that idea as like a little fun thing like I uh, well, I love <laughs> I to put your idea Tailwind about the... like a Blu-ray or something, but um. <laughs> Like, d- yeah, you could totally fit
1: it on a floppy hey. if you compiled it down based on the site. But yeah, I, I loved your idea of the uh, like the the GameFacts.info. Oh yeah, like, yeah,
0: docs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: want to I want to steal that idea so hard. Um, you know what
0: would be sick? Like, I was just this actually is it's almost more fun that Tailwind is like huge because you remember we, like. When you would buy like games that had to come on like multiple floppies, sure and they would do. come with like some sort of little packaging to like fit all the floppies in. Like, I'm looking at like Ultimate Doom. That's the one that I remember.
1: Yeah, disc one of seven.
0: Yeah, like, if there King's was like Quest a Tailwind 4. CSS, and it was like like disc like one of like floppy one of five, and that for your <laughs> CSS framework like that, how fucking cool would that oh, be? That'd like, be so we good, does, man. Uh, Oh man, I feel like I'm ripping you off, but like it would be um, such a cool thing to uh
1: I know. It's a the flappy disc is a little bit more on my brand, but like we, we're ah, there's all there's a
0: nostalgia, man. From, like just like the game thing, you know? Like I do first one to do it wins. We just we just
1: said it, you know? How high is it on your priority list versus mine? No,
0: it's not high. Well, the thing is we're gonna do tailwind two in like November if we did like, you know, a tailwind two Yeah if we did like a here's the thing here's a man there's so many good topics i like how like we start the podcast and we have to like go through this list of notes and see like what our topics are and see what like we're going to talk about and then like right by the time like we get to the end it's just like now we got the natural conversation going like all the good stuff is just coming up and we can just like talk
1: about stuff adam Uh, we need we need the full joe rogan three hour window I know. and like you got to get through the struggle bus transition between plans and between what excites you
0: Okay, so here's the idea. Here's the the one minute thing that I literally have to go. We can't do segments today, but that's fine. That's cool. I don't have one. We can do segments once in a while. We don't do segments every time. I've always thought like Kickstarter is like a good model for open source stuff because I don't think people want to like pay for open source once it exists. But if you tell someone that you want to make something and they believe that you can do it, people will, like, pitch in and reach a goal to get you there. Like, like Font Awesome had, like, good luck with that. And I always told, like, Jonathan, if you wanted to do, like, Inertia 1.0, just do, like, a Kickstarter, raise, like, twenty five grand or something. You'll do it for sure. Ghost um, did
1: that. That's totally how you can do it, right? Ghost raised $450,000 back there in 2012.
0: Go. Yep. So I think, like, um, an awesome, like, high-tier kickstarter reward thing if we were going to do like a kickstarter for tailwind 2.0 would be like mm-hmm. the tailwind like collector's edition thing which is like you get like a tailwind shirt and then like the tailwind box with like the discs like the masters and <laughs> like maybe like a tailwind maybe like the tailwind docs and like a fucking book like the instruction manual you know what i mean like, yeah and you have to
1: like go to go to uh page seven wor- paragraph three word two to get to the get like your code. activation
0: key <laughs> yeah that's it you should definitely so do good. that Man, oh, part
1: yeah. of me wants to start a Kickstarter to just open source Datamic all the way and just get rid of all the business plans.
0: I the problem know. is, like, then no one pays for it ever again after that. Yeah, but and then someone else can take care of it. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. It's okay. I still love it. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, well, right? Like, I wish the transition I could make to everything the,
1: free. to the hosting side. Right, yeah. that's what Ghost did. Ghost went free, and they yeah, make, that would be interesting. They make Ten million dollars.
0: Yeah. We should talk about 10, that sometime. We should talk about know. that. That's a good topic opportunity there's probably interesting
1: ideas yeah i think there's probably a better way there's probably a better business plan for
0: than what we're doing right now and i need to find it
1: before Mm -hmm. it kills me
0: hosting is an interesting one let's let's put that on our list of things to talk about in a very stiff forced way at the beginning of the next podcast i like that let's do it i'm I'm
1: writing notes now you gotta go i gotta go this is the end of this episode we thought it would be a half an hour turns out an hour it's actually an hour Depends just how it is on how much we leave in at the beginning that's hopefully up to uh, i've been recording joseph, this my brother who's now editing the podcast
0: yeah quick joseph shout out. will take care of it that's joe right. mac as i like to call him <laughs> joe mac right, right on all right well, adam i will it's been a talk pleasure. to you soon sounds see you later man